And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with New Age Insider's Chief of Staff, DC Matthews, and the unendorsed Doc Manson. Well, we knew that hey. we'd be talking about something. Hello. Hello. I'm here. You are. Hello. You are here. Who am I? Who are you? We're. I'm. I'm doing a. I had a snappy intro. Literally, I was in the shower this morning plotting my snappy intro, and you foiled it again, Doc Manson. <laughs> I you mean, have foiled it again. When you don't let me in on your plans, I don't know what you're doing. If I, I let mean, you in on the plans, then you're going to consciously subvert them. At least this time, you unconsciously subverted them. Can't help it. That's what I do. Let me try. How are again. you, DC Matthews? At uh, DC Matthews NAI. Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am good. And we knew we'd be talking about something big. We knew it was going to be an something exciting. Neither of us, I think, considered that we'd be sitting here today on DDT Wrestling talking about Shane McMahon. No, that seemed like the most unlikely thing in my mind to ever talk about in regards to professional wrestling ever again. I would have, I would have more expected to see Hulk Hogan. I would have more expected to see The Undertaker come out and help Triple H. Uh, this this was this was a, a shock. Where does it rank to you? And neither of us have been watching for years and years and years on end. But can you remember a return this surprising, this exciting? Uh, I mean, I was pretty psyched about the return of Brock Lesnar, the return of Paul Heyman. Um, but, I mean, in all... F- I mean, Paul Heyman, I think, is probably a real good example because that was someone else who had exited the company in such a way that sort of suggested to me that he was never, ever, ever coming back to the WWE. Um, So I think that's probably the most comparable thing that I have to Shane O'Mac, but at the same time, Shane O'Mac is a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Paul Heyman's exciting. He's a talker. He's a manager. He's a he's a guy who I would like to have on creative, but I know he's that's not part of his current role. Uh, but Shane O'Mac, I mean, he's an actual performer. Literally, um, the prodigal son returned. Correct. You, I, you, you, I, I, you I honestly say that that often. I cannot. I cannot. I, I, I'll make the comparison with Paul Heyman because of the terms with which he left the company, but. There is no greater surprising return possible in my mind than this return of Shane McMahon. The only thing this I'm, is this this is the peak, the pinnacle. I, There's I think, nothing else. I think you're right, but I remember when Eric Bischoff made his debut on Raw, and he that could did be it, comparable. He did it so randomly, just walking by, and like Booker T was getting interviewed, and he's like, "Hey, Book, how you doing?" And it was just like, "What is happening?" To okay. my brain, from the past, I agree that it's probably real similar. I don't think it's. I, the, I don't think it's the top. But I I'm just saying, like from right now, like moving forward, like I cannot. And again, this is maybe just me not thinking about something. But I cannot think of any other return that's possible. No, that tops this. No, this because is, this is it. When 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 John Cena makes his inevitable return, when Seth Rollins makes their inevitable return, it will be inevitable. We know they're going to come back. This yeah. was something like I I thought we would never see Shane McMahon again. This was akin to if the Macho Man had walked out, you'd be like, "Wait, aren't you? 
I thought you were dead. Okay. So Shane, Shane McMahon wasn't dead. No, he was just but, in China. But he was in, you know, I mean, he not, was not, an afterthought. Not physically if, in if China. If CM Punk made a comeback, I don't think I would still be this surprised because I think it is inevitable that CM Punk will eventually CM, return to wrestling. CM Punk coming back to me is on the level of maybe Brock Lesnar coming back. Yes. Um, and those may, are exciting in their own way, but yeah. this was on a whole, like you said, pinnacle. This is the peak. Yeah, there's, there's nothing more surprising than this that I can think of. You know, I, I missed Raw. I was battling the stomach flu all weekend. Then Mrs. Matthews got the stomach flu, so it had been a crazy whirlwind few days. So I woke up Tuesday morning fully intending to come in and sit and, you know, kind of struggle through Raw. And I wasn't on Twitter. wasn't planning on spoiling it. But Facebook announced it. And I got up from, I think I was on my phone or something like that, and I ran into this room to go watch it. Like, ran. Full on, you know. I'm sure your wife, who was probably sleeping, appreciated that. Full she on run. she was somewhat awake, and I I think I had kind of explained it. I how how long for how long were you breathing heavily? Could your neighbors hear your labored breathing? My neighbors can always hear my labored breathing. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair but enough. Uh, but it, it 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 was a and even still knowing it was going to happen. It was still, you know, the hair stands up on your arms, and you're just like, okay. Uh-huh. Things, things are interesting for the next few weeks. So um, we can go a number of different directions with this here. Uh, DDTWrestling at gmail.com. We have a bestie, but we'll get to that because his email isn't about Shane McMahon. It's about as far away from Shane McMahon as you can get, so we'll save that from our, from our bestie. But... Um, what do you think of the whole thing? Shane McMahon is back. He's alluding to some sort of conspiracy. He's here to stake his claim for the company. Now he has to battle The Undertaker in Hell in a Cell. There's a whole lot of different things here. Where would you, Doc Manson, my dear friend, like to go first? Well, uh, let's, uh, let's get rid of the disappointing factor, I think, up front. At least what's disappointing to me is that his return so far has been painted as placing him in a physical contest against The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Part of me hopes that develops to the point where Shane McMahon is not physically involved in that match, but he may very well be in that match by the time we get to WrestleMania. Uh, I just don't know that Shane versus The Undertaker makes sense to me. Like... Storyline-wise, Undertaker... I I think I tweeted something to this effect. Undertaker has been showing up on his terms for the past five years, if not longer. He's been choosing his opponents. Like, whatever he does is his choice. Uh, Why on earth would Vince McMahon be able to just pull the dead man out of his back pocket like he was one of his lackeys? The Undertaker has never, I don't don't know about never, but certainly in the recent past, has not been Vince McMahon's lackey. He is his own man. Like, this just doesn't make good sense to me, this this pairing. And also, I don't think the match does anything for The Undertaker. Like, is this going to be his last match? I can't imagine it would be. I don't Um, think so. I don't think so. And given everything that's riding on the match, are they going to have the dead man lose at WrestleMania? 
I mean, the thing that I want to see from this return is Shane McMahon make good on his power play here and become the general manager or whatever of Raw. I want to see him on a regular basis. He's entertaining, and he could shake up the product in a way that, you know, we've, we've, been, we've had the authority as the authority on television for at least two years, right? Maybe three? Like, we need something different. Uh, so, I mean, that's, to me, the disappointing aspect. So, are you disappointed by the fact that Shane is going to face The Undertaker at WrestleMania? I am dubious. Yeah. I wouldn't go so far as to say disappointed. It definitely kind of, you know, they were heading up this mountain of of awesomeness, to quote the Edge and Christian show. Uh, and it seemed like they took a left turn at Albuquerque and all of a sudden it was like, oh, now you'll face the Undertaker. And it was just like, why? why? Where, right. where did that come from? You know, Correct. It felt like they were trying to jam a three-week little mini storyline into a 20-minute segment. Shane returns. Shane has a secret. Vince is in on the secret. Now Shane wants Raw. Now he has to face the Undertaker. They're, you know, they they took the story eighteen points forward in eighteen minutes. Um, but I am dubious. I do not think we are going to see Shane McMahon wrestle the Undertaker. I think. I Shane, mean, we I think could Shane might see that. I think Shane yeah. might wrestle. I don't know that he's going to face the Undertaker for a lot of reasons. One of which is exactly what you said. The Undertaker, at least storyline wise, is not Vince under the control of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. So I fully expect The Undertaker to come out this Monday on Raw and say something to that effect. Where do you get off telling me what to do? I'll do what I want to do. And maybe he winds up facing Shane in some other capacity, but I'm not sure how, you know, if The Undertaker... I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I mean, in terms of storyline credibility, while everything I said I think is true... There's no reason why Vince McMahon can't come out with The Undertaker. Undertaker says, I don't want to do this. And Vince McMahon says, you'll do it or you're fired. And that's all the storyline reason that The Undertaker really needs to go ahead and face Shane McMahon. Like, they can shoehorn that in, but it just doesn't feel right. Uh, yeah, and, and I think with with six or seven weeks to go, I think this is going to change. You know, maybe... And again, I also don't think The Undertaker is going to wind up siding with Shane McMahon to try to take it over. The Undertaker, to me, strikes me as like a neutral party. Your business is your business. This doesn't matter to me, kind of thing. Um, you know, unless they're going. Unless to- it does involve him somehow. Because, well, um, I mean, the, they, he will say, um, you know, everybody on Twitter seems to think they were talking about this doesn't make any sense. Why would Shane agree to this deal if he has a right to lead or a right to a share or, or whatever. Well, if you really listen to what they said to each other, the, Shane's claim, I don't think, is a right. I don't think it's based in business, even from what they're explaining. There's a lockbox with something personal in it that is, you know, um, leverage over mm-hmm. Vince McMahon. Shane has some sort of personal item that he's using to control the decision-making of Vince. Um... So maybe that that I mean that could have something to do with the Undertaker, right? I mean it's potential for that, right? Everybody sort of knows now that Taker and Vince are good buddies backstage, the whole WWE twenty four on the network and that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. So 
Like it's they could tie that in, right? Well, I mean, and that's could. what I, that's what I was going to go with. If you're going to let art imitate life, and the reason that promo was great, besides the excitement of Shane coming back, is that Shane said everything we've been wanting someone to say. Yeah. You know, he mentioned the injuries. He mentioned this. You know, they're they're getting real, so to speak, with this segment. If we're going to go real and say Vince McMahon and the Undertaker. Are friends. They are, you know, or at least friends in the way a boss and an employee can be. They have a very close relationship. If they're going to go that way, where the Undertaker is going to do this for his friend, then I'm okay with it. But they would have to do that, and it would be a very different. It's no longer the dead man now. Now Mark Calloway is doing this for Vince. Right. I'm, and again, I'm not opposed with them going that way. But that's the storyline that makes the most sense to me. Yeah. Um, to to quote the movie Seven, what's in the box? What's in the box? What do you think is in the lockbox? Do you think we'll I ever was, find out? I wasn't aware that Brad Pitt was Jewish, but you know. In the well, anyways. So <laughs> that's what I was disappointed with in regards to this return. But moving off of that, you didn't answer my question. What was the question? I'm sorry. What's in the box? What do you think is the secret? Do you think I, we ever I, find I out know. what the secret is? There's a good possibility that we do not. It's just, it just goes away. Yeah, I mean, it was sort of an aside that not a lot of people latched onto. Um, they frequently believe that we only have you know the memory of a goldfish. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if that didn't show back up. Okay. But, then let's but yeah I, yeah moving on. To the positives, Shane McMahon is an electric personality who I like seeing. It's the McMahon that should be on television. I don't like watching Stephanie McMahon. I just don't. I don't think she's a good performer. Um, Shane, on the other hand, I think is. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to see what he does and how he does it. And, you know, this whole idea of him taking over Raw... Uh, is extremely exciting to me because, again, we're on a multi-year stagnant run with the authority being in charge of that show. I'm eager to see something new in that space. Do you think if Shane McMahon was Shane Stevens, would Shane McMahon still make... Oh, Do you think he still would have been or could have been a professional wrestler? I say yes. I think Shane did not need the pedigree necessarily. Like, I, he's a good wrestler, and he is a great talker, and he has a look, not the traditional... He's a decent wrestler, wrestler and he's certainly a uh, stunt performer when the time calls for He did tons of crazy spots that a man in his mm-hmm. position and wealth and you know position had... Had no right or reason to do, but he did them. Uh, I presume for the love of the performance, mm-hmm. which should say something. Uh, I like about his him. Van Terminator more than I like Rob Van Dam's Van Terminator. I love the way he falls off of a Titantron. That <laughs> I didn't. I haven't seen that uh, that video in a while, but it's true. He yeah. he fell off like he literally was dead. He just. You know he did. He did a, a, a sign of the cross and just stepped into the abyss. You yes. Know? So, um, I I do think I'm not sure how much we see Shane. You know, the promo he cut, I guess during the commercial break, said something like "See you all at WrestleMania." I'm not sure whether or not he's on TV. If based on that pop, based on the reaction, he should be. 
I'm not sure if he's willing to be. And I don't know if he does win control of Raw, which I agree, I think he should. I don't know whether or not we see him on a regular basis. Just because he's in control doesn't mean he's I think you appoint a general manager. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan being a logical choice, given the situation, at least, you know, if Brie Bella is planning on wrestling until summer, which makes no sense, but if if that's the rumor, if he's there for three or four months as general manager for a while, then, you know, that makes sense in a lot of ways. So... I, but I'm, I'm excited. I am very excited. I think, you know, coming out of Fastlane, a lot of people were not happy. I was not one of those people, but a lot of people were not happy. They've all gotten very quiet. Now, you know, the only people who are complaining are the, do we really want to see Shane and The Undertaker in a cell? Sure, I'll see that. It's mm-hmm. unlike any other match I've seen before. True. So, yeah, I'm okay with those two guys on either end of 50 or both approaching 50. Now, here's a question for you. Um, outside of, you know, the current storyline. Sure. Uh, Shane McMahon resigns from his position on, I believe, from the board uh, of WWE January 1st, what was it, 2010? Sounds about right. So... He is no longer, well, I presume no longer a shareholder in the business, but certainly no longer uh, a controlling shareholder of any kind, and nor is he appointed to, you know, the board of directors. Uh, Vince Kennedy McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, and Paul Levesque, better known as, you know, Triple H, all three of those actually are on the board of directors for the WWE. They actually are decision makers in this company. Is this is this literally the return of the prodigal son? Has he not just returned to television, but is he coming back to play a role in the business once again? Whatever differences had come up between him and his father and his sister, have those been worked out in the years, and now he's back to pick up the reins where he left off? Roman reigns? Nope. Nope, not those kind of reins. Different spelling, no G. Um, so, is that the case? Do you think he is rejoining the business side of WWE? Certainly there's been nothing announced thus far in that regard, which leads me to believe that, no, he's not going to be. But, you never know. They could be holding that announcement for some conference. My gut point. says no. My gut says he is an on-camera talent in the way, going back to Eric Bischoff, that Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman are now on-camera talents. You are using their name value without using their behind-the-scenes thing. Uh, While I don't think it's a bad thing, you know, Shane McMahon has spent the last few years making a name for himself in China, which would probably be a fairly good thing for WWE to have that kind of relationship um, with that major, major market. So maybe we'll see something, but I, you know, I'm not sure we're going to see a three headed beast controlling WWE. No, right now it's Vince at the top, Shane or Stephanie and Hunter underneath. I don't know that we're going to see a three headed you know, tribunal sort of controlling thing, yeah. each with their own area. I think 
Shane right now is there solely for name value and I hope this is a sign of some reconciliation. I don't know the first thing about the McMahon family drama. I would pay a lot of money to find out. As I understand it, I mean, this is all hearsay, of course, but the reason why he resigned, commonly accepted anyways, is that he was told in no uncertain terms that the business would pass on to Stephanie. While he was a very capable and actually perhaps better business mind than his sister, and certainly he had a love for performance, apparently his creative ideas, control for the company, just were not up to the standards of what his sister was able to provide and what Hunter was able to provide, at least in the eyes of Vince McMahon. When he saw that he was not going to end up with a controlling stake in the direction of the company like that, uh, Shane chose to go a different direction. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's any truth to that. It sounds plausible. I know also there's some, you know... The whole idea, Vincent McMahon Sr. wanted Vince Jr. to make his own way in the world before assuming control of the company. I assume there's some variation of that here. You know, Shane spent the last five years making a name for himself in the world and now maybe can come back and have some sort of place. But again, I don't. A lot of the here's the thing though. A lot of the stuff that he worked on as a businessman previously, he was securing deals in foreign markets. Um, and what are the, what what is a big thing for the WWE right now? What what is what are they trying to do with the network? Put Expand it everywhere, yeah. everywhere. Trying to get talent from everywhere. That's going to require territorial partnerships. Mm-hmm. The types of things that is exactly what Shane McMahon oh. did in his business role previously. And in that trust company. me, I think it's it's a good idea for them to be a three headed control. It, you know. WWE right now is too big for one person. Yeah. You know, World Wrestling Federation could be controlled by one man working 24 hours a day. You can't do everything. If Shane no. And don't get me wrong, a- man. Uh, you, I mean, you, you have this picture of Vince and Stephanie and Triple H being, you know, in charge, but there's a whole board of directors. There's eight, ten people on that yes. board who are involved in the daily operations of this business. It, it's not one, two, three people. There are others who, you know, us smart fans have never bothered to learn about or heard about because, you know, they're they're not an on-screen presence, so people just don't give them the time of day. But the actual business of WWE is run by a large group of people. It's not all Vince McMahon. It's just not. Mm -hmm. No, but when you ask where the decisions are being made or where the influence is being held... It is the McMahon-Levesque trinity right now. Is would, that true? I would or is that so. just what we believe because of what we see on television? You might be right, but I I do think it's more true than not true. I th- okay. You're but probably again, right. the point I'm trying to make... Where there's smoke, there's fire. Yes. That's what... Yeah. If, if you have Shane McMahon in charge of your international brand... If you have Triple H in charge of your talent development, talent acquisition, and if Stephanie is your PR person... And creative. And creative. That's not a bad way to do business. No. Now, I have some questions for you based on the conversations that we've had so far. The first one is this. If Shane McMahon is in charge of Raw, does that mean that Stephanie McMahon remains in charge of SmackDown? I believe so, yeah. 
if that is the case, do you think we would be heading towards a brand split or just one company being run by two people on two different shows? Brand split. People would choose sides. How do you feel about that? The notion of a brand split. Perfectly fine. They have a deep talent roster that they're not utilizing very well. Mm Mm-hmm. Would you like one world champion or two world champions? I think I'd like one. That and then there could be the a, I think there could be a certain level of prestige associated with which brand currently uh, has the champion. That could be a point ah. of contention between the brands. So if, so if Seth Rollins is the WWE World Heavyweight Champion and is on Raw and doesn't appear on SmackDown that often. I would assume that he would have to appear at least nominally on both brands. Right. I mean, I would presume that there would be more of a focus on inter-brand conflict as opposed to a true brand split where they don't interact. I think you'd have to have regular contests pitting one versus the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and, I, you know, I think that's the way I would like to see it go, where you have these two brands that are in direct conflict with each other as opposed to being uh, segregated or isolated. So essentially we're creating a quote-unquote Monday Night War situation within the company. 100%, yes. I'm all for it. I think that does many things. It elevates your Intercontinental and your U.S. title because I'm assuming one would go on each show and that is now, you know, your World Heavyweight Champion isn't guaranteed to appear on your show, but your Intercontinental and U.S. Champion are. Um, I'm, I'm all for any of that. You know, I also think one of the things that I want to mention... Is there a situation, if the match goes on as currently built, is there any way for Shane McMahon to lose? Do they do this giant thing and then Shane McMahon loses, tucks his tail between his legs, and we never see him again? Uh, I think there's a chance that he loses. But if he does, uh, I think instead of attempting to gain influence this way, perhaps he comes back with a bullet club. Or a Balor Club. Whatever you want to call it. I believe, actually, you know, I know the Bullet Club in Japan is dead. I wonder if WWE paid a whole lot of money for the name. They very well could have. But you know what? He could do a small group invasion, a la the Outsiders. You know what I mean? Like, he absolutely could come back from a different angle. You know what I mean? Kurt Angle? I'd love to see it. That'd be great. Sure would. All right. Uh, You suck. You suck. You suck. You suck. I don't. You suck. You suck. No, I don't. You <laughs> suck. Sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. What are you uh, going to say? One other thing I wanted to get to before, I, I do want to talk about Fastlane, because it's the pay-per-view that we've all forgotten. Uh, I know. We're almost a half hour into this show. All we've done well, is talk about Shane McMahon. If this is the pinnacle return, you got to spend time talking about this. Yeah, 100%. But I do want to get to Fastlane uh, and the repercussions for WrestleMania. But one other thing. Looking at the legacy of The Undertaker, should we be treating every WrestleMania match from 30 on in a different light than we treated the previous 21? I think so, yes. Should the, we be- the era of the streak is over. Yes. And we assumed that once the era of the streak ended, soon would 
then follow the end of The Undertaker himself. But I agree. I can't see a situation where Shane McMahon retires The Undertaker. Seems so unlikely. I think he's guaranteed to wrestle more, perhaps even at WrestleMania 33. So, you know, how should we be treating... I think you, you said, yes, we should. So essentially he's now 1-0. You know, we're we're kind of erasing the previous twenty-one and one. He's now one and zero. He's beaten Bray Wyatt just like everyone else, and now, you know, maybe if he loses this one to Shane, he's one and one, and it's okay. But it's just it's interesting. You know, they talked about this on NAI Pod a little bit. I do think we have to to kind of start fresh with the Undertaker. You know, wins and losses at WrestleMania no longer matter as much for that character as much as it does perhaps advancing storylines and continuing things. So, all right. Um, any final thoughts on Shane McMahon? Anything we missed? Um, just to sum up, I'm excited. I, I Whatever wanna... happens between now and WrestleMania uh, has the potential for must-see television, and that's not something... I'm, I was, you know, I think I told you on the last show. I'm, I'm generally very pleased with the WWE product right now. Even no matter what happened in the main event of WrestleMania, there were enough other things on the card with potential that I was pleased. This just, this is just the icing on the cake, mm-hmm. and it's the most delicious icing. It's you could have possibly. It's, it, yeah, it's better than anything you could have imagined. What is your favorite type of frosting? Since we're midway through the show, let's talk uh, at least some food. Huh, I don't know. Maybe cream like a fluffy frosting, white. Buttercream frosting. Oh, cream cheese frosting is pretty good. It's terrible. You idiot. I don't like cream cheese. You idiot. Or cottage cheese, for that matter. Do you like cheesecake? Uh, I'll eat it, but I won't seek it you, out. You, oh, come. We're, we're done with this conversation. Moving on. Come on, let's go to fast lane. You, you have no taste. None. Zero. Zip. Zilch. Not for cheesecake. For that, delicious cheesecake. You can have the cheesecake. You can. Have, I will. You There's a lot of different kinds it. of cheesecake. Have you ever had like that, f- that flan-style cheesecake with the spongy uh, bottom and, and the top is like a ricotta mix and it's it, it, ricotta mix? It's more like a, it's more like a uh, it's more like a frosting than it is anything else. A lot of times you'll get like cherries on top of that. It, it, it's it's a very like non traditional cheesecake versus like what you, I think it's French maybe as opposed to like the New York style cheesecake. Have you ever had that? It's delicious. It's so good, so good. I don't like ricotta. Sh- shut up. <laughs> All right, fast lane. You can have your pumpkin cheesecake. Eh. Guilty. I know. like a I like a just a plain old fashioned cheesecake. I, I I have a family friend who makes a delicious cheesecake that makes all others pale in comparison. Well, um, you gotta get me a slice because okay. I love cheesecake. All right, uh, I love Callisto, and I enjoyed his U.S. title defense, even though it made. A, I knew she was gonna show up soon. I knew it. Please tell me that's cheesecake. That would be so amazing if that was cheesecake. It's cookies. Hello? Mrs. They're fresh Manson. out of the oven. They burned my you? fingers. They're so hot. Uh, you need some cocoa to cool you down. I do need some cocoa to cool me down. <laughs> All right. Um, Kalisto and Del Rio was on the pre-show. Uh, I, 
I get it, kind of. More important than Kalisto or Del Rio being on the pre-show. Mario Batali was on the pre-show. Oh doing yes, commentary. is this your no? Okay, so your Mauro Ronaldo, hereby known as Mario Batali. Let me get my orange Crocs on. Um, is this your first experience with Mr. Batali? Indeed, it is, sir. What were your thoughts? Love it. He is music to my ears. That man. He's got a distinctive style. He's, I mean, maybe I could see some people not liking his voice, but it's it's very mm, characteristic. I, love his voice. I, I think it's he's great. Got, he's got uh, such a tone and timber to it. it timber, you just timber. you there. I don't I don't know what the quality of his voice is, but I found the comparison I'm going to make is to Jr. Good old Jr. There was something about his voice that was imminently listenable. And I feel the same way about Mario Batali. He is just so engaging. He sounds... Since you mentioned Jim Ross, the email, the email, what, what, the email. DDT What's that email address again? DDTWrestling at gmail.com. Um, I can't do a Casey Kasem impression, or at least I can, but it's going to go off because my impression's just... Hi guys! Oh, here he goes. Long time listener from the UK. Out of the two, Jr. and Jerry the King Lawler, which would you class to be the most disturbing to listen to when it comes to women wrestling and their pervy comments? I listened to a Jr. podcast a while back where he had three females on and could not get the image of him talking on Skype in his underpants out of my head. His hands gotten shot. Thanks, at KJohn007. Sometimes when we touch the honesty's too much and this email was a little too honest so now I feel uncomfortable. That's your long-distance dedication from our bestie, Kevin Johnson. I just want to break down and cry. So what do you think, man? What? What do you think about the email? I have no Um, idea what this email is about. Me either. I I don't listen to... At KJohns... KJohn007. KJohn007. But I have no idea what you're talking about because I don't listen to JR's podcast. Um... I don't think anyone beats Jerry Lawler in terms of the pervy comments towards women. Puppies, JR! Puppies! <laughs> but at the same time, maybe Jim Ross is doing something different with his show that I'm not aware of. I don't listen to his podcast either. I tried listening to it back in the day. Too many commercials. Too He's much. a bitter old man. I'm yeah, sorry. I just I can't. I but just he can't came listen across to him. as a bitter old man. Why am I going to listen to that? I yeah. can listen to a bitter young man talk to me and eat cookies in front of me. So That's what uh, I do best. <laughs> uh, do you listen to any wrestling podcasts not hosted by yourself? Uh, I do not. I occasionally listen to the New Age Insiders. NewAgeInsiders.com, um, Tuesdays at indeed. 8, folks. I like to listen to them live when I can. Uh, I'm not as into listening to it after the fact. No offense, guys. I just There's something about the live that... Does it for me? Wrestling is such I, I a think, transient I think thing. I don't know. Prefer that you listen to it live. Yeah, I don't know why anybody would listen to a pre-recorded wrestling <laughs> podcast. <laughs> to be honest, thanks. 
as <laughs> well, listenership plummets. Well, in all you. fairness, there's a million hundred thousand podcasts about wrestling, right? Everybody and their mother. I, I go through my Twitter account, and every single person who actually follows me are just other people like you and me who are trying to build uh, an audience base for their podcast. Like, almost every single follower I have. So, there's a million of them out there. And... I'm just saying... Uh, and Not because all wrestling of them hosted by an actual PhD well, that's and an true. actual teacher. Well, that's why they should listen to us. But yeah, but you know, in addition uh, to that, there's just uh, the nature of wrestling is transient, right? There's always something new to talk about, which is good because there's always another Raw, there's always another SmackDown, there's always another NXT. Oh, this is the pay per view. Oh, it's the predictions. But you know what? That is that is in. That is not evergreen content. That is the sort of thing, and this is the reason why I don't really listen to New Age Insiders when it's after the live, because I don't get to it, and the next Raw has gone by, or the next SmackDown has gone by, or the next pay-per-view has gone by. Why am I going to listen to their opinions about last week's news? I mean, maybe I enjoy their personalities, except for that Liam guy. He's a dick. But outside of Liam... I love they might story. have I, I insightful. They might have insightful things to say. That Bill guy, for instance, always very insightful. Happy birthday, Bill Neville! By the way, it is his birthday today as we record this show. So, and happy what's the other guy's name? You. The New Age Insiders guy. What's his actual name? Jason Maltov. Yeah, that's the one. Jason, you're all right. <laughs> Jason, you're all right. The best part is that you've got a mouthful of cookie while you're saying this. <laughs> They're so going to kick us off on network. I don't know why they put up with my self. De- it's not even self-deprecating humor because no, I, I'm listen, the self-deprecating. Listen, one. guys, I consider it self-deprecating because even though I've never met you or actually talked to you directly, or maybe even really tweeted with you directly, I consider you my friends. And you have to understand, uh, DC Matthews understands that there's one thing I do to my friends: it's I torment them publicly because I love them. So, it's, Liam, it's just know, nice sir, them in public that you have to watch out. You have to really worry. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, the content's not evergreen of these shows, so I, I have trouble listening to any of them. And how do you feel about podcasts hosted by actual wrestlers? Jericho's, Ric Flair's, Taz's? Um, I found those entertaining for a period of time, but after a while you start hearing the same stories. And then you start hearing some personality stuff. And just like you were talking about JR being a bitter old man... I don't know. I feel like Stone Cold doesn't really actually have anything to contribute anymore either. You know what I mean? Like he they they paint him now that he's started doing stuff in the network as asking the hard hitting questions. Nah. Not really. I find JBL's Legends with JBL show on the WWE network more hard hitting than Austin's podcast. Yeah. Uh, have you seen Edge and Christian's show which totally reeks of awesomeness? I have. You have? Mm-hmm. Did you see both episodes? Um, I think I saw this part of the first episode and all the second episode. You really want to watch the first episode. The first episode I found far superior to the second. Okay, but I think we would enjoy it because it it is an improv show with wrestlers who have access to the WWE Network. That's what it feels like to me. I will say it feels like an improv show where neither of the two individuals are particularly gifted at improv. So every uh, college... Oh my god, she brought the cocoa. Yes! 
yes, you're right. Like every college age improv group, much like the ones we were a part of for many years. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get back to fast lane. Thank you. And I think just to make life interesting, I'm limiting us to a two minutes, two to three minutes on each of the topics, each of the matches heading in. So Kalisto and Del Rio, you enjoyed Mario Batali. I knew you would. Uh, He's he great. Is, he is a breath of fresh air. And then Michael Cole showed up, and it was like... Ruined everything. Ruined everything. Um, but Kalisto versus Del Rio happened on the pre-show. Kalisto won. Uh, I loved this match. Del Rio put in his best... It was even better than his performance uh, versus John Cena the day he actually made his comeback, uh, which was not as surpri- which was surprising, but not as surprising as Shane McMahon. Um, I thought the use of the disqualification in the first fall was genius. I just thought it was very well done. Um, I hope that feud is over, but I'm excited to see where both of them go moving forward. Your thoughts, Doc Manson, at Doc Manson. I just don't see how it could possibly be over given that all we've got left now is WrestleMania. Like, you gotta culminate at WrestleMania. So, to try to build something new right now, I know they've got a little bit of extra time. There's nothing in March, Mm -hmm. technically. Maybe there's an extra week or so, but I I don't know, man. I don't want to see it again. But what else? The only way I am willing to see it again is if they are going to continue this storyline where Alberto Del Rio is obsessed with the mask of Kalisto and they make it like a mask versus hair match. If they were going to do that, I would be okay with it, uh, especially based on the performance they had at Fastlane. I'm hoping the U.S. title match is like the IC title match was last year six men, a ladder. You know, they don't have money in the bank to kick off the show anymore. So, you know, Kalisto, Neville, Ziggler, Rusev, heck, throw Del Rio in there, and Stardust. Give me a six-man match with those six guys and a ladder, and I will be happy. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, The show opened with... I'm not going to go in order. Uh, but I think the show opened with Owens and Ziggler. Did they do both of the title matches back-to-back? Because AJ and... I, I think they did. I think they might have, yeah. Owens and Ziggler, your thoughts. I'll let you start us off with that one. I always love watching Kevin Owens. The end. All okay. my thoughts. I love Kevin Owens. It was a good match. He is on another level. Uh-huh. That we, It is rare to see someone perform at that level. So... I enjoyed it. And I appreciate that you're trying not to chew into the microphone, so thank you for that. Trying. (laughs) Failing. It's the thought that counts. Uh, I thought it was good. I thought him winning it made total sense. Were you really 98% right? I saw somebody tweet that, that you you were pretty good. Your predictions were pretty spot on. I think I was off by one match, and given that there were only like eight matches, you can't possibly equal out to 98%. No, but still, it is impressive... You're, you know, we, we should eventually tally it. If DDTWrestling.com ever becomes a thing, I want a section of it devoted to uh, keeping. I mean, track. I'm not. I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. If, if DDTWrestling.com ever becomes a thing, it probably won't be called DDTWrestling.com. We have so much to talk about that the wrestling branding ourselves around the wrestling. Uh, so mm, what is it? Just I don't know. Is DDT.com? That's probably uh, taken. I think we're probably going to have to. Rename ourselves. DC and DocTalk.com? Yeah, something like that. Uh, sign me maybe, up. maybe we just call it DocTalk with DC, because DocTalk has a real good ring to it. Come on, you can't deny the sound of that. 
You can't deny how good that sounds. I have been made an afterthought on my own podcast. Okay, okay. okay. What if it's Doc Talk hosted by DC? <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. Doc, huh? uh, there is the 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 way it hits my ear does does excite me. Maybe I'll change my name <laughs> to like Rock, and it'll be DC uh, Doc and Rock Talk. Mm-hmm. I'm now Rock Matthews, folks. At Rock Matthews. Um, and I, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> calling you that. And I'm shaving this so I just have the mustache. <laughs> and so much for sticking to two minutes per match. Come on. We're running out of time here. Not a tangent. Uh, Sasha and Becky versus Naomi and Tamina. Didn't watch it. Heard it was good. It was fine, but nothing remarkable. And now Sasha and Becky have a number one contenders match. Sasha's going to win. It's going to be Charlotte and Sasha at WrestleMania at the end. Probably. I mean, I could see a triple threat situation as well. But I'm, I would love that. I would love or, that. No, correction. Not a triple threat match. Fatal four-way? Uh, fatal four-way. Yeah. With who's the fourth? Brie? Brie Bella. I, I, that's, I mean, that brings us maybe to that match. I don't think that's the end of Charlotte versus Brie. I hope it is. But, again, I can't... I don't know why they just spun their wheels for a month on that without it actually going somewhere. And can't you just imagine Brie Bella picking up the women's championship at WrestleMania with Daniel Bryan coming out to raise her hand in victory? Can't you just imagine that moment, the crowd, what they think that would happen? I would actually watch that moment. Yeah. So, I'm just saying, I still think that's a strong possibility. Um, Kevin Owens was not on Raw. Dolph Ziggler was not on Raw. Was Charlotte on Raw? Yes. What did she do? I think she came out to berate Sasha and Becky. How many cookies do you have over there? Three. Okay. This is the last one. You're a much slower eater than I am. I'm savoring these. More power to you. Uh, That's all I have to say about the women's matches. Yeah, I was disappointed with Charlotte just winning, but... I mean, well, I saw the end, and it was like it, they made it like this overly dramatic thing where Brie finally had to tap out, and it was just that that story did not deserve a kind of ending like that. No, and Brie Bell is not a very good wrestler or actress. Nope. All right, she she is completely. In, I can't believe I'm saying it. She is so inferior to Nikki, whom I also think is incredibly inferior to most. That it's Nikki Bell is not a bad wrestler. I'll give her that. Oh yeah. Not Tell bad. that to her neck. Tell that to who? Tell that to her neck. Ouch. Yeah, exactly. That's Ouch. What, that's what happens when Doc talks. Mm-hmm. Um, your your boy, your boy with the big guy on his pants. Mm, he's so good. They won. Mm-hmm. For no reason whatsoever, wrecking my hundred percent. Uh, prediction rate on this particular podcast. Or, uh, Should we just review. stop talking about the Wyatt family altogether? There's no reason to talk about the Wyatt family. We don't talk about Jack Swagger. We don't talk about Fandango very often. No. What's the difference besides the fact that they're on TV slightly more they're, often? They're on TV slightly more often. And again, as I put forth last week, this company has told us time and time again, literally word for word, wins and losses don't matter. So... They're going to continue using Bray and the family in this threatening position, which is why we should care about them, because they're painted as 
a credible threat to anybody, despite what their track record might say. Um, but yeah, it's becoming real hard to suspend that disbelief. It's getting real difficult. They did they win the rematch on Raw? They because did but Ryback because Ryback walked out. Mm-hmm. And gave the best promo of Ryback's career. I agree with you. I will watch that guy. He wasn't even a heel. I know people were like, oh my god, heel turn. Once I got around to watching it, I was like, that's not a heel turn. No, wasn't heel turn at all. It was awesome. Um, I, I, as you know, I am, a, I am ostensibly a Ryback fan. I listened to the New Age Insiders this last week, and all they did was badmouth him as being a guy who almost you know, took Luke Harper uh, out of... Uh, wrestling once again, being you know a uh, accident-prone, careless wrestler who only injures people, and all I have to say to that is, Luke Harper wasn't injured. He wrestled the next night on Raw. What do you guys got your panties in a twist about? Come at me, Liam. Come at me. Um, I enjoyed the fact that Ryback was not a cartoon character. He was a person. Ryback as a person has always interested me. Ryback yes. as a cartoon character bores me to no end. So if that Ryback is going to be part of Monday Night Raw, he is now infinitely more watchable. Mm-hmm. Um, quick production from you, sir, since you're so good. What's 7 out of 8? 87.5%? I think my math's right on that. Yeah, it is. Nice! Um, where do the Wyatts happen at WrestleMania? Is it only in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal? I mean... The only other yeah. option that I can foresee, and and honestly, this is, this is a possibility, Social Outcasts versus League of Nations versus Wyatt Family in a 12-man triple threat. I presume all of those people will be in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Battle Royal. You would think so. All right. Uh, I mean, I guess I could see Bray Wyatt wrestling Ryback. It looks like they're setting Ryback up for a singles push. I could see him going over the Wyatt family at WrestleMania. Oh. So sad. Uh, on SmackDown tonight, uh, Kevin Owens is going to get into a program with the Big Show. Sorry, spoilers. Really? From the sounds of it, Kevin Why? Owens is bragging, and Big Show comes out and basically says, "Well, you've never beaten me." Are you excited that... for Kevin Owens versus Big Show at WrestleMania? No. What's AJ Styles doing? Get on that. I'm guessing it's going to be AJ Styles and Chris Jericho versus New Day for the tag team titles. I don't want to see that either. Uh, great match. Styles-Jericho 3 was fantastic. There were a lot yes, of really was. good matches. The singles matches, Owen Ziggler, uh, Kalisto Del Rio, Styles-Jericho 3, fantastic matches. I loved You know what was not a good match? The triple threat match that main evented the show. Oh, that was fine. I'm thinking more about... Uh... Ryback, I mean, uh, Curtis Axel versus R-Truth. Correct. What the heck was that about? I'm guessing they either wanted to get the Social Outcasts on the show in some form or fashion. Or, Why? Or, because the Social Outcasts are good. Or 
No, they're not. They realized they had ten minutes to kill and needed to do something. I guess so. But they told two stories at once. They told the social outcast story and they told the golden truth story. Which I now, had no idea what that was doing on the show, and I had no idea what New Day talking with Edge and Christian was doing on the show. Both of those segments had no place on the show, and they came at a point on the show which did nothing but kill the momentum going into the main event. It was a poor booking decision, whoever did that, I, I think. Well, the, I think that part of that is that they ran out of t- They realized they had more time. Like, if they had thrown R-Truth and Curtis Axel on after Owens and Ziggler in a... It's going to be hard to top that, so let's go to something dumb and throw away. That would have made sense. And can I say, I now never want to see Golden Truth as a tag team. The bloom is totally off the Adam Rose. So, do you agree, disagree? Do you think it's still, like, it's not funny anymore? I'm not sure it was ever funny. Parts of it were great, but now, you know, okay, Goldust got a cake shoved in his face. And yeah, no, I'm done with it. it. Yeah, yeah, I'm done with it. Um, which brings up, but you liked Styles and Jericho? Yeah, it was a good match. Uh, I I don't know. I I hope this is well. Actually, I kind of like the idea of Styles and Jericho as a tag team. Um, I wish we would see Owens versus Styles, but I don't know that's, that that's the case. That's what I would like to see. So, uh, main event: Lesnar, Ambrose, Reigns, Triple Threat. It was all right. Who ended up getting the pin on whom? Reigns pinned Ambrose. He did? Yes, because Lesnar had Reigns in the Kimura. Ambrose took out Brock with the chair. And then as he was celebrating that, Reigns speared Ambrose and pinned him. Okay. So now Rollins has pinned Reigns. Reigns has pinned Ambrose. So it only follows that at you know some point between now and then in a title-ish opportunity... Ambrose pins Rollins. Rollins? Yeah. Because Ro- Reigns has been pinned. Ambrose has been pinned. Now it makes sense for Rollins to be pinned. And then okay. they can have their triple threat. Uh, I thought the match was fine. It ended very abruptly. You know, the spear kind of like it came out of nowhere, which I guess is what a spear is supposed to do. I don't care if the spear is a finishing maneuver. I do not either. Uh, but it kind of fell flat to me. And then... Triple H in a suit coming out was weird, especially then when the next night he comes out in his leather jacket and Michael Cole can't stop telling you that that means he's ready for a fight. Oh my God, look at him. He's wearing a leather jacket and his hands are taped. That's when you know he's serious. Where Um, was his sledgehammer if he was serious? Well, that's a good point. It's a very good point. He didn't need it. He broke Rain's nose uh, without it. No, he didn't. Do you believe the nose injury is a work? It is not real. Are they doing it just to garner sympathy, or are they doing it to take Reigns off television so people stop booing him? Both. Uh, if he had hit, if he had broken his nose as severely as they claim, both of his eyes would have been black in the post-operation picture that they released. See, this is why you need a scientist on your wrestling podcast, because he thinks of the things no one else is talking about. That's yep. why... That's why people listen to this pre-recorded show Doc Manson. Absolutely. This is the one. If you found us, stop your search, man. This is the pre-recorded what's the opposite of evergreen? Uh, Never Nevergreen? Purple? Never purple. Dioecious? Dioecious? 
Well, no, Maybe dioecious. No, red. Red is the opposite of green because blue and yellow make red, green, and red is the only other primary color. So, therefore, on a color wheel, which you have to study if you want to be an elementary school teacher, red is a complement to green. Mm, no. Drop their leaves. What am I thinking? Dioecious is when they're male and female. What is Stop that Stop talking botany. You're reading too much botany. Deciduous. Deciduous. That's the opposite of evergreen. So listen to this deciduous podcast of ours uh, because we are clearly superior. Okay, to there the we go. If we do need to change our name, I vote for the deciduous podcast. I still like hobo hijinks. It's got a certain. Where's your to bindle? It. Where's your bindle? Yeah. Um, so that pretty much takes care of Fastlane. Fastlane, I thought was good. It was not great, but it was good. And the fact that Raw started the way it started, Fastlane didn't have to be great. The road yeah, to wrestling, we are, we are in, we are in. It's it's ironic, I suppose, that it took the Raw after Fastlane for us to really feel like we were in the Fastlane on the road to WrestleMania. But I digress. Uh, Brock versus Dean, no holds barred. WrestleMania, your thoughts, sir. Yeah, I guess. Does Ambrose win? No. I say yes. I mean, honestly, I think he has to win, but every single time he has been in that ring with Brock, he has just been systematically disassembled and destroyed. Unless he had a chair. Unless he had a chair. But and I think yeah. I think this is this is what this gives him the edge that he needs is he's allowed to use weapons. Here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. He's going to drive a forklift and beat him. Brock Lesnar is he is the biggest, baddest, meanest guy on that roster. He has not been pinned. I think Jason was saying on New Age Insiders. I haven't fact checked this, but I think he was saying he has not been pinned. In four years, he's lost a couple matches, but he hasn't been pinned. Did he pass out to Taker at SummerSlam? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so that's right. That would be right. There. The person, not only has Brock been built up in this way, but the fact that you know that is true. The person who beats him, in my mind, should be, you know, accelerated to the main event in such a way that they are on fire and that they are for sure going to become the next heavyweight champion. And you know what? Beating Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania only makes that ascension that much more meteoric. Connor and Victor ascension? No, not like that at all. Okay. But, so, having Dean Ambrose beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania doesn't make sense to me because as much as I'd like to see after Wrestlemania Dean Ambrose versus Roman Reigns I don't think that's the feud we're going to see we're going to have to see Roman Reigns versus Triple H for a while right? Well, I hope not well payback is no longer a pay-per-view it's been pulled from the, from the listings do you think Triple H gets a rematch for his title? You're, I mean, you're presuming Triple H loses, right? Which honestly is not guaranteed. 
and and that's and that's part of the reason. But also, I think for a lot of what you said, and yes, I do think if Roman Reigns were to win, yes, Triple H would get a rematch, though he might not take it the next month. They might mm. wait, and it's a Money in the Bank thing. They might wait, and it's a SummerSlam thing. You know, it depends. But I mean, on that would be. Go. But going back to the original point, though, that would be such a big win for Dean Ambrose over Lesnar at WrestleMania. I don't see them. I don't see the potential for that follow through at this point in time. So I don't know why they would give him the win over Lesnar. I uh, and I think they give him the win over Lesnar because it is it is as big as a world championship without being a world championship. Seth Rollins has already made it to the top. Roman Reigns now, if he wins, has now made it to the top three times. Uh, Dean Ambrose has not yet held the world title, and there isn't necessarily a a picture-perfect story to get him there. But if he is the guy to pin Brock Lesnar for the first time in four years, or even to beat Brock Lesnar, you know, even if Brock Lesnar passes out to some chair-assisted crossface or something like that, that's a huge win, and Dean Ambrose becomes, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that main event guy who's going to be part, you know. So now you've got multiple main event guys, which is something that WWE desperately needs. So I can see it. I'm excited. Uh, Being no holds barred makes it more exciting for me because Brock Lesnar is so genetically superior and physically superior. A regular match isn't going to do it for me. Dean Ambrose doesn't have the body type to hold up to that. But you make it no holds barred, you allow him to have a kendo stick and, you know, break some tables and do all that. I'm interested. So, um, let's see. That talk that covers Fastlane and most of Raw. Did I miss anything from Raw? After Not Shane McMahon, it's all a blur to me. Yeah, I'm having trouble remembering anything specific. Um, I guess, was there ever any doubt in your mind that Dean Ambrose was coming back in that ambulance? After all day long, they were posting on Facebook about how he got injured. I thought he was going to come back in something. The ambulance made sense, but I could have seen it, you know, a taxi pulls up and he comes out of the trunk or something like that. Isn't that that the second time he's returned to an arena in an ambulance? Yes, because he and Bray Wyatt had a feud that culminated in an ambulance match. Mm. Which I'd like to point out, Bray Wyatt won. There you go. Bray Wyatt won that match. Um, let's talk briefly. We have some time, and I like that we cover NXT. Not all wrestling podcasts cover NXT, but I think we should. Um, tell me about the main event because I have not yet had the chance to watch the epicness of Bailey and Carmella versus Eva Marie and Nia Jax. If you want me to tell you about the epicness, there's nothing to tell because that match stunk. Okay. Is it more, does it further the argument for you that right now the NXT women's division is not worthy of a uh, main event spot? It is not. That match, any match with Eva Marie, is not worthy of a main event spot. Um, Bailey, as a champion, does nothing for me. As we've talked about numerous times, she's very talented. I like her character. She was a better underdog. That's not how she's currently being booked. 
And the whole relationship, I'm suddenly best friends with Carmella, whether that's true backstage or not, came out of nowhere. You never made me believe it. You just said it on television one week and expected me to think it was true for some reason. And so now you're saying you're so... Um, you're so not confident in your champion that you got to start putting them in tag matches with some of the least competent performers currently on your women's division roster. What? And you're and that's going to be the main event over excellent matches with you know American Alpha or I mean Apollo Cruz, I guess. Although that match wasn't really excellent, but I still like watching Apollo Cruz. What are they doing over there? What are they doing, DC? What are they doing? I think it's a reflection on the fact that they have Oscar. They have an Oscar. Wait, they have. Did, did she make any appearance at all in that tag match? Did she show up at the end to once again save the day? That's kind of what I assumed would happen. I, I'm blanking. I don't think so, okay. but I could be wrong. Um, I think it is uh, uh, multifaceted, as most things are. Uh, I think, number one, the D- the women's division in NXT has a spotlight on it, thanks to Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch and Charlotte. So I think that's part of it. They're trying to keep up the excitement. I also think this is a reflection on your NXT champion. And I Who think it's... Who is terrible? <laughs> I, I think it's a reflection on the fact that right now there is not a great main event feud. Finn Balor is currently feuding with no one because we are, and I get it, he's injured. But we are continuing to wait for this Samoa Joe and Sami Zayn thing to sort themselves out. And while I'm very excited for a two out of three falls match between those two, it's going to be great television. We're kind of we're in this holding pattern, and again, this is the problem with all of these bulked pre-tapes. They already have their road to WrestleMania planned out exactly so. So there's nothing that's going to be developing in a main event storyline. So you have to rely on the women because your NXT champion doesn't have anything to do, and your tag champions are fighting with Enzo and Cass in the parking lot. So it's down to your women's champion. Your tag champions who have no personality and whom nobody has anything invested in either. Besides me. Yeah, well. Because apparently they're called the Revival, and I love that as a name for them. Far more than American Alpha. So American Alpha is a lousy name. It is. And the fact that they're dressed like the Steiner Brothers bothers me. Yeah. You know, I get the homage, and it's nice, but go back to the red, white, and blue. Go back to being Team Angle. That's where you were so popular. But I digress. Um... You know, NXT right now is in a slump. There is no bones about it. It is in a slump. And I'm assuming the next few weeks, with all the new arrivals who are going to be happening, business will pick up. Uh, I was glad to see indie darling Biff Busick, under his real name, Christopher Gerard, uh, wrestle. That's the Cesaro Jr. guy that you saw. You mean the guy who goes, That's why we were talking about NXT, because you did that before the show and I was like we have to do that again <laughs> So he's and then he hits you with a sick upper cup that, but first well, you but have to listen like, to he even had that. tights like Cesaro Ugh. you know if, if you were watching you know half paying attention you were like oh Cesaro's rehabbing his injury and wrestling Apollo Crews that's exciting and then yeah. he makes that sound <laughs> like he's the great Cornholio or something <laughs> and 
I thought it was Marcus Louis for a second. It uh, did look like Marcus Louis. I, I think that's like, why oh, they're going with a different gimmick for him. Okay. Well, they just released him. They did. And Bull Dempsey, who I'm who also was on that show, I, who I'm assuming lost to Tommaso Ciampa, or did he win? Yes, he did. He, he lost. Won. Yeah. And when back. he first when, when he when he first came out, uh, he was stuck in his T-shirt. Well, it was obviously and, too small. And the ref had to help him out of his T-shirt. You're taking too much pleasure in that. I've never been stuck in a t-shirt before, but I can relate a little too well to that. So I hate you for, for judging. Uh, I'm going to miss you, Bull Dempsey. He'll be back. I'm going to miss you. Or I'm telling you, and I probably said it before on this very show, he goes to TNA, I'm going to start watching TNA again. And I have no idea what anything is happening in TNA. I'm not going to watch TNA. I will for Bull James. I might for Maria Canellis. I've never been a big fan. Yeah, honestly, I haven't either. I'm actually sort of lying. Um, Did you watch Ring of Honor now that you know you got it? No, I haven't set up the DVR yet. i got to catch up. I think I'm a week behind. <laughs> but uh, I did do a replay of Sundays with Doc on Twitter. Um, so I put out a request. And I am ashamed that no one sent what they were supposed to send to you. <laughs> I am so you want to know what the first piece of wrestling-related content I received was? Um, I saw. I, I looked. I don't remember what it was. But what was um, it? Let me give you a hint. It was a mixed tag... Mixed oh yes, tag yes, team yes, match. yes, yes! The worst match ever. Can the you tell that, me the participants? Um, Bradshaw and Jackie Gata versus Christopher Nowinski and Trish Stratus. Though the, the, they might have been switched in terms of. I team. think they were switched, but that's the match that Jr. honestly can't get through before he actually has to admit that it's terrible. Yeah, and he's right. He's right, and you know what? Jackie Gata was still better than Eva Marie. It's all about the personality, though. Doesn't matter. The rings. I just meant wrestling. I just meant in ring skills wise. That's fine. There was there was just as many botches by Eva Marie, maybe worse on NXT this week in the main event. I don't I don't doubt that, but it's all about the personality. So, anyways, that was a good piece of wrestling history that I watched. So, is this going to be at Sundays with Doc? I I think so. I I have to remember to do it. You know. No, I think Sundays with Doc should be a thing. Hashtag Sundays with Doc. Out there, neighborhood. Make sure you get on him. If you don't see it by nine a.m., tell him he needs to do it, or just well, start. Sending I don't know him about nine a.m. Maybe all day uh, on Sunday, just start sending him wrestling. Well, games. people did do that actually. Um, I got a bunch of other things after that. I only really watched the first one. Well, I think that should one, be part of it. Is you should only watch the first one. The second one. Well, I don't want to discourage people from sending me things, though. I think there's a possibility I could watch more than one. I did, in fact, start watching the second thing tweeted to me, which was an episode of Botchamania. Have you ever watched Botchamania? I have. It's not bad. I have tried watching now, I think, three different episodes of Botchmania. I get about seven minutes in. It's too long. And I turn it off. It's too long. Most of, most of the clips that are in there are not entertaining. Yeah. Well, There's because a he's lot of garbage. showing botches, which... Why would, you know, you shouldn't watch botches? Yeah, I don't know. I don't... Everybody, I mean, as a fan of Wrestle Silly, you'd think that maybe some of that stuff would be something I'd be interested in. Maybe some of his more themed shows or something. I, I don't know. But I think he's got... I don't really see the appeal. ...that are funny, but... 
Yeah. I couldn't watch that thing front to back. I'm sorry. I enjoyed. I watched part of it where it got to. It was from the Royal Rumble pre-show, that big tag match where somebody goes to pin one of the Ascension and the other one just stands in the ring because he knows he's not supposed to be the one to break it up. Mm. And I like listening to the wrestlers talk to each other. Mm. Like, I better Del Rio at one point telling Kalisto to do the Lucha Lucha chant. I thought that was cool. That was cool. So, I saw that one. That yeah. was all right. All right. Sundays with Doc. I like this. I'm going to actually have to start. Am I allowed to send you things? I mean, I guess, but you'd have to be the first one. All right. I'll be ready. I've got <laughs> you, you've got a column on my tweet deck. It doesn't always work, but I tend to see what you post, you know, pretty, pretty soon. All right, folks. It's about that time to start. It is. What is our positive? We need a, we need a title for this. Oh. segment, our weekly positivity, which uh, I suppose could be. Well, we can think about it. Yeah. But um, let me see. Any emails while we've been talking? No. No more long-distance dedications. So uh, something positive in WWE, NXT, the wrestling world that you are excited about, besides the obvious, and you can even say the obvious if you want to because it's that All historic. Right. It is that historic. I'm going to go with the obvious. Rybacks, singles, push. The glass ceiling. The brass ring. Break it. Take it. I enjoyed that. I was like, I, I, you know, I gave him a little bit of a slow clap in my head because I was like, finally, a line that makes sense. And it was the first time I've ever heard him deliver something that didn't sound awkward and overly pre-rehearsed. Yes. It sounded like a natural delivery. Yes. And I was, I was thrilled. I was too. All right. Um, I will go with... I'm enjoying, and, and you might disagree, which is fine. I'm enjoying that New Day are not... You know, they got a chance to be kind of facey. No, they didn't. At Fastlane with Edge and Christian. Just like, just like Ryback's heel turn was not a heel turn, this so-called face turn of New Day was not a face turn. Fair. I appreciate that they are able to feud in their own way with another heel stable. It is not the same people over and over again. They turned their attention to the League of Nations, which I find entertaining. Because if Rusev gets the chance to actually be entertaining and comical, which if you look at his Twitter at all, he is. I love that part where he threw that cold dead fish at Lana. (laughs) He threw a fish. He sure did. So I'm just I, that was I like a brilliant that. moment for You're 2015. Right. It was not a face turn, but they are they are feuding with other people. It is not just them in the. Usos but then on Monday the night they went right back to feuding with. I don't remember the not the Usos was it the Usos? No, it was uh, the Luchadors and Neville. But oh, uh, Lucha. What's her name again? Lucha Dragons. Lucha, Lucha Dragons, Dragons and Neville. Neville. Yeah, yeah. The match was good though. That was a good match. That was a good match. I like that match. It doesn't matter. Even if it only happens every now and again. Yeah. I'll give it to you. It was a refreshing turn. And, of course, Shane McMahon. Oh, yeah. I mean, that goes without saying. Positivity for the ages there. All right, my friends. My name is DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. I am joined, as always, by the host of Doc Talks, the host of Sundays with Doc, uh, the the drinker of hot cocoa and the eater of cookies on our podcast, Doc Mm. Manson at Doc Manson. Uh, You can find us at DDT Wrestling... Oh, wait. The email address is ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Should we get DDT Wrestling as a Twitter handle? Uh, it probably already exists. 
Yeah, probably. There is a <laughs> Jap- <laughs> there is a Japanese wrestling company called DDT Pro. There you go. So, but all right. Our email address is ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Thank you to at kjohn007 for the email. Thank you for being our bestie. Any final thoughts there, Doc Manson, before we uh, venture into that good night? I'm ready to go, DC. All right, my friend. Uh, From us to you, have yourselves a wonderful weekend. Remember to enjoy wrestling. That's why it's there. We'll see you around the neighborhood. We are... Godzilla!